Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Thank you, the voice of Ryan Treasure for that intro. I miss you, Ryan. Come back. Listen, I never remember whether I said the future is this way or that way, so I'm just going to do this. We're talking about the future of now. We are in holiday season. This is my last regular show of the year, but starting next week, I begin seven weeks of my crystal ball prediction show with guests, 10 guests a week for six weeks, talking about what's coming up or down the pike in their area of expertise for industry, for communities, for businesses, for people around the world. So get ready for us starting on December 7th. So today, I'm in the holiday mood, and a lot of people are shopping. I know we have inflation here in the U.S. We're not getting political. We're not getting monetary. But people want to buy fun stuff. They want to buy helpful stuff. They want to buy efficient stuff. They want to spend their money well, and they want to give gifts to themselves and others. What are people buying? Well, one of my favorite topics this year was smart home technology. Come on, all of you out there. I know you're listening. You say, yeah, I have a device for my front doorbell. Yeah, I might have a smart stove. Yeah, I might. Oh, I want some security for my back door. Well, I have four experts from around the field of smart tech, and we're going to talk about what are the trends. So we may be talking to each of you and how you, you might recognize yourself, actually, in some of what we're talking about. No, I don't know your names. We're just virtual here. So I want my, my panelists, please, to wave hello to LinkedIn. A big hello. There you go. I'll introduce them all in a minute. And hello to Facebook. We're doing the whole round here. Yes, we are. No YouTube yet. So let me give you my opening, and then we will have our guests introduce themselves. So Smart Home, it is a massive and quick-growing market, $79 billion. That was in 2020. Now, here we are almost December. Tomorrow's December 1st, 2022. It's growing at 25.3% a year, according to Mordor Intelligence. It's expected to reach... $314 billion, do the math, by 2026. How many of you on this panel have investments that are increasing at 25.3% a year? Anybody? I didn't think so. I think we're in the single digits, like 3%, 5%, 4%, 2%, nothing percent. I would like to be in on this one. We're talking about things like Apple's Home app, Google's Nest, Google's Home app, AirThink's for air quality monitors. We're thinking of my cue for smart garage doors. I have to get one of those and lots of others. You'll recognize. Now I have some research, and that was from Forbes. I researched from a company called SafeWise, S-A-F-E-W-I-S-E.com, and they surveyed 1,000. I don't know how they got exactly 1,000, but that's what they said. Americans age 18 and older about their tech spending habits. And get this, between May 2021 and May 2022, that's just a few months ago, Three out of four Americans they surveyed bought a smart home device. What does that tell you? 75%. 65% of those purchased a smart home security device, including cameras and locks, and that was almost 30% of all smart home tech purchases. Yes, despite inflation, Americans are still spending the same or more than in previous years. And I have one more quote from security.org. They found that seven in 10 home buyers are looking for a smart home, and almost 80% of those are willing to pay more for a home with smart devices. And no surprise, millennials are more in that number than older generations. 
Oh, darn. I thought I, I want to be a millennial again. I'm going to do that. And women, two to one, are buying security devices more than men. Well, if you're a woman like me who lives alone, I don't want to, I want to know if somebody's opening that deck porch door that goes to my bedroom. I seriously do. I don't know what I do about it. I don't sleep with a baseball bat, but I'll have to think about that. We have four very interesting guests. Three of them have been on recently on a related smart home topic, and one is brand new. So let's start with our new friend, Bill Pugh. He spells his last name P-U-G-H. Bill, wave hello, and you'll introduce yourself in a second. He is with Smart Connections Consulting, and he's going to tell you all about himself in a minute. That is his company. Mary Nitschke is back. Mary, welcome back. Real page. That's one word. Smart building. Happy to have you. Love your smile, Mary. You're lighting up the room. Who needs Christmas lights? We've got Mary on the show. Leonard Lee at Next Curve. Any lowercase, capital X, lower T, next word, curve. Leonard invited Bill, referred him to me, and I thank you for that. Leonard was so excited you're back, and a shout out to our mutual friend and colleague, Eric Simone, for bringing you to me, and also Lee Miller at Real Page. Lee, wave hello. Lee is back with us. So happy. And a shout out to Ashley Carter, who brought us Mary and Lee for the original show a few months ago. So I'm Bonnie D in the house. Happy to be here, as if you couldn't tell. And let's get started. Bill Pugh, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you be so kind as to take three minutes? I know it's going to be impossible to fit everything you've done into three minutes, but give it your best try. Bill, who are you? What do you do? And what's your passion for our topic? Welcome, Bill. Bonnie, thanks for inviting me and having me on the show. Um, so my name is Bill Pugh. I'm co-founder and managing partner for Smart Connections Consulting. And we are a consulting company, advisory company um, in the way of technology for cities, municipalities, and uh, we'll say public and private, uh, privately owned companies. Uh, my background is extensive in, in terms of connectivity, uh, systems engineering, cloud architecture, and just about any and everything that's connected. I've uh, been doing that for over 25 years, and um, I love the conversation around uh, smart homes and you know connecting devices within the homes, improving livability, and things of that nature. So I, I kind of look at I kind of look at this as well. It's all neat, you know, when you have those new shiny objects, but there's a whole bunch of stuff underneath that um, that I can't wait to talk about. Um, but. In a nutshell, that's my background. I do things with digital twins. Uh, I'm a data wrangler. You pretty much name it, and I'm into it. Well, Bill, rumor has it, according to Leonard, that you're building a home that's going to be a truly smart home, and you told me you're not using Wi-Fi. Can you just give us a clue what you're using, if not Wi-Fi? How do you connect everything, Bill? I've got uh, – so the house, the house is – size of the house is pretty big. It's, it's 5,500 square feet, and it's got three and a half miles of Cat 6 running through it. So I do have Wi-Fi in the house. It's just not for it's not for the connected devices. That may be the best advice we give people on the whole show. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Yes, fighting our Wi-Fi. Don't we love it? Thank you very much. By the way, when I moved from North Carolina to Tennessee and I told I told the people at the uh, connection company, I won't tell you, but it starts with S and ends with M, uh, that the guy in North Carolina said, bring all your modems and your, your routers and everything and just plug and play. And they said, are you out of your mind? It's a different company. It's a different region. We can't use their equipment. Find a store, 45 minutes. Later, I found a store and turned it in, came back, and I said, well, um, I'm ready to plug and play. And they said, well, you've got eight coax lines coming into your house. 
I said, which one is active? They said, we don't have any idea. Carry your computer from room to room. I said, this is an iMac 27 connected to about 100 pieces of equipment for broadcasting and a 27-inch LG screen and devices. I said, you don't carry this computer from room to room. So my son-in-law was here and he said, there's a triple splitter out in the back that goes to three different services. And so we tried connection one, two, and three, router blinking white and blue, white and blue, no connection. So the man on the phone said, the tech on the phone said, switch. So my son-in-law runs out. He goes and connects to four, five, and six, no connection. We're now a half hour into the call. Then I said, there was only two more left. So we connected to seven and eight, bingo, I had a live coax. Don't you love that, Bill Pugh? Isn't that an exciting story? <laughs> that is the definition of smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it continues. I'll tell you off air the rest of it. Thank you so much, Mary. So happy to have you back. Mary, putting you on speaker view. Regale us. Mary, as I told you before the show, I did the calculations. I like to do this for my returning guests. And there's 14.2758 people. I don't know who the seven, eight are, but... Let's go to the 14. Refresh their memory. Who are you? What do you do? And what's your passion for our topic? Mary, welcome back. It is so great to be back. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Uh, I'm Mary Nitschke, Vice President of Sustainability here at RealPage. And I have my passion to revolutionize sustainability in the built environment. And that really involves, and why I'm here, is it, it involves IoT. That's really the next phase of sustainability. So uh, I have been in uh, the built environment for over 20 years. I have a portrait in my attic that's aging for me. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I've taken that expertise uh, to really help us focus on uh, the different issues uh, related to water, energy, and waste, or woo, as I like to call it. What? Woo, I like that. Mary, I have to ask you, do you have a smart home? Do you have any smart things? I do. I, I, I do have uh, smart things in my home. And I also uh, encourage people to put smart things in your dumpsters. Uh, so what's in your dumpster, Bonnie? Do you have anything smart in it today? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I have not invested in much smart tech for my new house, but I will be doing that based on what all of you advise me to do on the show today. So thank you, Mary. No, they don't. They, well, there are some recycling places here that will accept electronics, which is interesting is you cannot send, you cannot bring used cans of paint to any of the recycling or dumpster places in North Carolina. But here they have a place that's open on Saturdays for four that will take cans of paint. Mm -hmm. I, the state to state is fascinating. Leonard and I had a conversation about I can't get a driver's license here for various and sundry reasons. It's fascinating state to state what the different rules and regulations are and how they see things like, right, Bill, like smart tech and what's recyclable and what's sustainable, Mary, and how you have to learn the rules every place mm -hmm. you go. I'm learning. I'm learning. Thank you very much. Leonard Lee, you're up next. Leonard, same 14.275 people. Talk to them, please. Refresh their memory. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, first off, uh, Bonnie, thanks for having me on again. Um, this is going to be fun. Uh, and uh, so I'm Leonard Lee, Managing um, Director and Founder of Next Curve. Uh, Next Curve is a firm that I, uh, I started about five years ago, and it's a research advisory firm uh, that uh, advises some of the leading tech companies on some of uh, these frontier uh, market opportunities and uh, priorities that, um, that are forming at the nexus of 
transformative technologies as well as uh, industry trends. So I think in terms of you know uh, where cloud computing is going, moving toward the edge, and how it's intersecting with uh, communications technologies like 5G, and then when we look at uh, things from a compute standpoint, endpoint computing with edge AI and uh, you know devices becoming more intelligent and cognitive, I'm I'm working with a lot of companies on various topics and in, uh, in, in these different intersects that are happening. And, uh, you know, my background, I, I've been a, a consultant for uh, t- over 20 years. And on top of that, an industry analyst. And so, you know, I'm pretty vocal out there on LinkedIn and other uh, social media outlets. And, uh, you know, I'm also, a, a, you know, a, uh, a colleague of uh, Bill, we have our uh, own little show called IoT Coffee Talk, where we talk about all things IoT and beyond. And so it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to wrapping with you guys and uh, having some fun with this smart buildings topic. Thank you. I don't know if you know, but my first business show was for SAP when I was there in 2011, October 5th, 2011. I started a show called oh. Coffee Break with Game Changers. Coffee Break. Oh. And yeah. I did it for, for nine years and um, millions of listeners around the world. And I turned that into 48 different series for SAP. So really? Into, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of shows out there with Game Changers. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk later. Well, that's why you're such a pro. Oh, okay. I, oh I started radio in the that. 1990s doing my own yeah. interview show. You, hey, you Leonard. just need Bill's voice. You know, that James Earl Jones. Bill, we will talk. <laughs> Leonard, do you have a smart home and any smart devices you want to tell us about? Uh, you know, I knew you were going to ask that question. Yes, you did. Me. Yes, I would say that I have mostly a dumb home with a couple little smart elements to it. And it's smart, enabled, and ready. Uh, so I oh. still have a long way to go. I, I have nothing close to what Bill has. But um, we're pay- taking baby steps, right? But, uh, you know, uh, it's a discovery process, you know, as a consumer, uh, you have to really, you know, uh, get a feel for what the level of readiness is for a yes. lot of these technologies that we're introducing into our homes and our private lives. So, Absolutely yeah, you know, right. um, good. and that's what we talk about here. Right? Good, this, good advice. Yeah. Thank you very much. Lee Miller. Talk to me. 14.2 people. They remember Mary now. Let's get them to remember you. Lee, welcome back. So happy to have you. Go ahead. Thanks for having us. Um, Lee Miller, Vice President of Sales here at RealPage. Uh, My group uh, is out bringing technology to multifamily buildings and student housing. Um, Everything from connected devices, uh, sidewalk to sofa access, uh, gigabit internet services, um, you name it, we, we bring it to the market and then we put it all in our software. Uh, we have a software that aggregates all the different technologies within a building. Uh, you know, most importantly, make it easy for staff in terms of looking at sustainability, uh, reducing the cost to manage these sites. And then that turns into a resident experience. Um, being able to access three or four different access control manufacturers in the building with one app. Um, being able to change your smart thermostat, those sorts of things. Um, background, I've been in technology since freshman in college, working at Best Buy. Um, Bonnie, you didn't like my, uh, my comment slinging TVs and DVD players back in the day, but that's uh, where I started, moved into uh, high-end residential, 
um, specifying, uh, you know, large homes, movie theaters, control systems. Uh, the joke is that I started off working in multi-million dollar uh, homes, and now I'm slinging cameras on dumpsters for Mary. Um, so how <laughs> things change over 20 years. Um, yeah, so and then I evolved. I went into uh, London in multifamily. That's where I stepped into uh, this world. Uh, love looking at you know, high rises, large buildings, uh, you know, over uh, one house. And uh, that's how I came to a real page. Thank you very much, Lee. Smart home, smart devices. Any yet? Uh, funny you say that. So uh, we've been building a house here in Austin for the last two years. Um, finally moved in three days before Thanksgiving. Uh, I, you know, I yelled at the builder, says I want to be in for the holidays. It gets me in three days before Thanksgiving, of course. Um, so, <laughs> yes, uh, I have a pile of TVs, smart devices, network equipment uh, sitting inside my uh, garage right now. I have a team coming in that uh, I used to work with in Philly. And they're going to be doing the install over the next couple of days. Um, you, you don't want me drilling into tile and connecting uh, cats. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, maybe on the next show, we'll talk about what I've done. I, I appreciate that. You said something, Lee, that resonated with me that, that is tying together everything we're talking about today. You talked about the residence experience. Right, Bill? Right, Mary? Right, Leonard? We're talking about the experience. How much smart tech will add to your experience in your home, in your life, in your lifestyle, in your sense of security, Mary, in your ethic for sustainability, if you embrace that, which more and more people are, thank goodness. So the experience, and Lee, very well put, because that that's stuck out to me as everything we're talking about today is tying in, what do you want your experience in your home to be with or without smart tech? And that's that to me is the wrapper, the home Home Smart Tech Experience for Residents. That's what we're talking about. So thank you all. Appreciate the intros. I'm wowed, Mary. I'm wowed. Whoa. By this panel, by the knowledge, by the expertise. So I'm, I'm learning from all of you. Let's go around to the quotes. Uh, if you're new to watching uh, on LinkedIn or Facebook or listening on Voice America Business Channel, I ask my guests to send me a fictional quote from a movie or TV character or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with this topic. And I don't know too many homes that talk about smart tech, so we're safe on that one. And they're going to relate the quote to the topic in their own words, which is interesting. So Bill Pugh has sent a quote. I have absolutely no idea what you're going to do with this, Bill. I was confounded. It's a little, uh, but we'll see what you do with it. So the quote is from Billy Ray Valentine, played by Oh, else, Eddie Murphy, come on. This movie, it was one of, got him started trading places. It's a classic, iconic. It's considered one of the greatest comedy films and Christmas films ever made, okay? And it started off his, his one of the starts of his career. Uh, it was 1983, directed by John Landis, blah, blah, blah. Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, Ralph Bellamy, Donna Michi. Everybody remember the joke? I'll be Donna Michi in a taxi, honey. Mary, you not old enough to hear that one. Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. My goodness, what a movie. Uh, the outline, oh, uh, Harris, who was, let's see, who was Harris? Uh, Timothy Harris wrote the screenplay. He met two wealthy brothers who were battling each other when he wrote this about the fiction version of them. What if they traded places? So here's the quote. Bill, help me out. Bill quoted the following. That's called the court of blood technique. Do that. Leonard, hold yourself together. Do that and a quart of blood will fall out of a person. 
Oh, my goodness. Bill, save the show. Go ahead. I'm giving you two minutes because we want to move ahead. Two, two minutes. What does this mean for our topic, Bill? Perfect. Uh, I mean, look, I, I thought I would do something that was a little bit fun, but it definitely ties into not just not just that comedic uh, experience there, but likewise to the home. When we're looking at homes and connecting homes and the smart uh, devices that we're going to put in the homes, you can either be somewhere else where everyone else has done it, so you can follow everyone else, or you can literally be on the bleeding edge. If you're on the bleeding edge, which that's where I tend to be, um, you can find that the experience can be wonderful, but it can also be pretty bad. So you can find yourself getting uh, the quarter blood technique put on you uh, as everyone kind of looks towards interoperability and and uh, the overall experience. Thank you. <laughs> I think well there were played. A lot of word of wisdom, <laughs> words of wisdom in there. Yes, everybody's nodding. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, a pound of flesh, a quart of blood, and and if you do it wrong, O M G. Yes, yes, yes. And and nobody's really talking about what happens when you get too many devices that aren't connected and they're talking to each other. I have to be careful watching TV shows with a character named Alexa, which is my life is murder. You know that one? Because every time they say, Alexa, my device starts talking in the other room because there's a pass-through from the kitchen to the living room, and she hears everything, and she's giving me, telling me what the latest news is. I say, Alexa, be quiet. I'm watching TV. i got to be careful because she might hear me now. Thank you very much. That's just a minor detail, right? Okay. <laughs> Mary has picked a quote from Patricia, also Dee Dee, also Angelica, all played by the wonderful Meg Ryan. Speaking to Joe Banks, played by the equally wonderful Tom Hanks, thank you very much. The movie Joe versus the Volcano, 1990, American romantic comedy film. Meg, uh, Meg and Tom were the stars. Joe Banks is told he's dying from a very rare disease. He accepts a money offer to travel to a South Pacific island where he has to throw himself into a volcano. Why he's dying? Why not? Who cares? On behalf of the superstitious natives, but he falls in love with Meg Ryan's character. They marry. They jump into the volcano. Well, it erupts. It blows him into the ocean. And he bought all these steamer trunks. And they latch onto the steamer trunks. And then he mentions about his brain disease. And she says, who was your doctor? And it turns out it's his father's crony. And they lied to Joe. And it was all fiction. And they were duped. And they live happily ever after hugging onto his steamer trunk. Okay, that's fine. So, And Roger Ebert, Ebert called this new and fresh and not shy of taking chances, Mary. It has become a cult film. Here's the line Mary has selected. Joe, nobody knows anything. We'll take this leap and we'll see. We'll jump and we'll see. That's life. I love the quote. Mary, I got to use that quote for examples for future guests. Mary, tell us what this has to do with our topic. Go ahead. Well, it has to do with uh, what I'll call analysis paralysis. There's always there's always hesitation whenever there's something new or different or uh, bleeding edge. There's this there's this tendency to shrivel from it. Uh, and I love the spirit of uh, there's uh, there's we'll see. Let's just take a leap of faith. Let's just jump into the future together and see what that brings us. I love that sense of. Uh, let's do it right now, today. There's no promise of tomorrow. And I think that that actually even translates into uh, how we shop and purchase, especially with inflation, even if we're purchasing in the same dollar value, we're still contemplating what we do, what's right, and what the right thing is. And so that's where it all kind of felt together for me for, for this podcast. Thank you. And if you say that's life, doesn't that apply to how we're looking at living our lives? The Lee, resonance experience. This is exactly. our life. This is our life in the world of smart home tech possibilities. 
opportunities, up, upticks, downfalls, pitfalls. What are we going to do about it? How do we all want to say in five years, I'm living a smart or smarter life? Does that mean we've got a lot of like Bill, 5,000 miles of Cat 6 in our homes and 2,000 devices? Or maybe me with with a, a couple of blink cameras around my exit doors, my entrance doors and, and a home security system and one Alexa. I don't know. This is our life. Mary loved the quote. Thank you very much. Leonard has picked an iconic quote. It's one word. I haven't had this on a show in a long time. It was stated by Vizzini, the Sicilian criminal, bully mastermind employed by Prince Humperdinck to kidnap Princess Buttercup and kill her. And Wallace Shawn, I watch him on Young Sheldon. He plays a scientist and a professor. He's a riot. The movie, of course, iconic. The Princess Bride, 1987, American fantasy adventure comedy film. Now, we're in the age, Leonard, where they string together all these genres. So it's a fantasy, it's an adventure, it's a comedy. All they left out was drama and musical. Maybe somebody sings a line in there, I think we'll add that. It has become a cult, one of the best films of the 1980s, and one of Rob Reiner's best works. Let's leave it there, Rob Reiner directed. Here's the line. Everybody could almost say this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Inconceivable. Okay, what does this have to do with <laughs> Bill? I'm I'm very dry on my show. I have no sense of humor. You'll get used to it. No energy at all. That's my calling card for hosting shows. Leonard, what does this have to do with our topic? As if we can't figure it out. Go ahead, Leonard. Oh, geez, I have no idea, but I'm going to try to make up something right now. And I know you're probably telling yourself, oh, my goodness, this is inconceivable, right? (laughs) But I mean, if you watch the movie, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff attached to that phrase that Vicini basically sprinkles across his short life during that movie. Right. Uh, And and I think a lot of it has to do with. Uh, you know, with uh, some of the the challenges that, uh, you know, he had trying to stop that main character, I forgot his name, uh, Wesley, uh, from, uh, you know, stopping him from pursuing them. But if you look at what um, has been the challenge at the smart homes uh, industry, for a long time, I think uh, there's a lot of things that have been kind of inconceivable based on what expectations have been set upon it, you know, and even from a, you know, a, a standpoint of uh, where we thought and continue to think smart homes uh, should be, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of folks in the industry who are going, hey, it's inconceivable that uh, consumers are not adopting it as fast as we thought. And from a consumer standpoint, they're probably going, wow, it's inconceivable that so many of these companies want to access uh, my data and uh, use my data. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, revelations, I suppose, uh, that are happening as uh, the industry, as well as consumers are grappling with what smart homes mean and how they truly benefit uh, and enable uh, smart living. So how did I do? <laughs> you always do I great. I totally winged it. <laughs> you always do great. And, and Leonard, I appreciate that. But in a way, some people might be saying it's inconceivable that we lived without smart home tech for a long time. Go. 
That's a way, oh. that's a, a rear view mirror look back. It's inconceivable that I had to go somewhere to get the weather report, to get the, the traffic report, to get the latest news, to hear the headlines. That's inconceivable. Look at what we had to do to look. Absolutely. Up. I, silly me, I just discovered I can use Alexa on my, on my smartphone. I have the app and I yeah. can just say to her, give me this, give me that. And she talks right to me on my, on my phone. I thought mm-hmm. I had to use my, my Echo device in the other room. And I didn't realize she's just as smart on the phone. Girl, oh, after, yeah. After my own heart. There you yes. go. Thank you very I'm, much. Well done, yeah. Leonard. You did great winging it. <laughs> my goodness. You knew what you were going to say the minute you picked the quote. We uh, no, actually, I didn't. But, you I'm know, pre- I'm pretending. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I pulled it off like I did. It's inconceivable that you didn't know what you were going to say. Let's leave it there. Lee Miller. There you go. Lee Miller, you picked a wonderful quote. Another great one. We're, we're back in the day here. This is from a 1986 American teen comedy film, but so much more. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris played by the wonderful Matthew Broderick. He skips school for a day in Chicago and his co- co-stars are his friends are Mia Sarah and Alan Ruck. And he breaks the fourth wall, meaning he talks right to the audience. Uh, Howard, uh, John Hughes, not Howard, sorry. John Hughes wrote the screenplay in less than a week. He wanted to make it a love letter to Chicago. So there are famous landmarks in Chicago. It became one of the top grossing films of 86, 1986. And it's in the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I'm not sure which one because they have an or, not an and or. So it's either culturally or, Mary understands this, culturally or historically or aesthetically significant, but maybe not all three. I never understood that. They have to learn how to use those prep connectors. Anyway, here's the quote. Lee has picked. Lee, love this one. The question isn't, what are we going to do? The question is, what aren't we going to do? Lee, regale us with your interpretation. This is going to be good. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, I compare everything to kind of, there's a point in my life, I think I was, I don't know, maybe 15 when uh, we moved over from a Walkman to a Discman. It seems like you look at technology for, you know, the first 15 years of my life and you know, kind of same thing, right? Color TV, Walkman, you know, that sort of thing. And now I look back and ever since I, I got that first discipline, I feel like technology is just picked up speed every year. And it's, you know, once you think like, oh, wow, we're, we're at this point, like what else is, you know, this manufacturer going to do? What else is, you know, Tesla going to do? Those sorts of things. You, you pick up the newspaper or you, you get an article across your phone that somebody's doing something new that you never even thought of. Um, and it just really seems that just that, you know, it just keeps getting faster and faster. The, how fast we're developing new products and, and new AI and, and like Leonard says, bringing that data in is, is huge. Um, so that's really it is, you know, I don't, I, I don't think there's any limits to where it's going. Absolutely. And what aren't we going to do would be the shopper's paradise, right? Everyone, you go into a store, you go online, um, Cyber Monday's gone and Black Friday's gone, but there's plenty of sales out there. Come on. And you say, oh, smart home tech. What aren't we going to buy? Rightly? Ah, there we go. Inconceivable, one spouse says to the other. We're going to get this. No. And if you get a quart of blood and you drop it because you put it in wrong. And Mary, I'm trying to remember your quote. I can link them all together. We'll make a story. I'm sorry. There you go. Thank you all for the quotes. I really appreciate it. Bill, now you know the fun we have on the show or not. There we go. Let's go to our predictions. Here's how it's going to work. I've already put a prediction in the chat privately for Bill, one for Mary, one for Leonard Lee. I've got one on 
I'll tee up for you in just a moment here. So, Bill, I'm going to read your prediction. It's a little long, but I appreciate that. And I'm going to give you three minutes to unpack it, three minutes max. And then I'm not going to ask everybody around the table, but if anybody wants to comment, I'll give you 60 seconds because we want to cover a lot. And you raise one of your nice fingers to me in the chat, and I will see you wiggling a finger, and I will call you. Just don't jump in and scream, hey, Bonnie. No, a finger will be fine. Okay, so, Bill, here's prediction number one I picked. I think this is a good one. You say smart speakers are already a prevalent purchase that many smart home consumers are using. And that's funny because, Bill, I'm not sure if you mean they're smart home consumers or they're smart home consumers. <laughs> we don't have a dash in there. I, 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 English is very important to me. However, sooner rather than later, Bill says, voice command will become the preferred method of controlling homes and the surroundings. I'm going to stop there. There was a lot more, but I'd rather hear you say it. Bill, go ahead. So um, I 100% believe that, you know, we, we see the advent of, of natural language processing. You just mentioned using Siri on the phone. You just mentioned using Alexa. Uh, everyone kind of grabs, if you're an Android user, you grab your phone, you say, hey, Google, and you talk to your phone. Um, I, I believe firmly that it, it's going to make its way into the home. And, and you're going to eliminate the need for having these multiple, I mean, that, that will become your user interface your voice will become the signature that drives the actions of your home. When you want the temperature to change, you will literally just say, hey, I need the temperature. I, it's kind of cold in here. I need the temperature set to 78. I need the temperature set to this. Um, I mean, and, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, there's a whole lot that comes along with that when you're, when you're actually looking at, you know, I'm talking to my house and my house is reacting to my requests. Um, you know, is that information going up to the cloud and back? Uh, who has access to that information? How secure is that data? Uh, so you're going to want to then, you know, make sure that you centralize all of that. But I believe that, that the voice is going to be the, the signature and the fingerprint for everything that you do around your house. I know that's where mine is going to be. Any comments, anybody? You're all nodding. Mary, you nodded the most. I'm going to call on you. Any comments for Bill? I'm going to, I'm going to make you comment and then I'm going to move on. Mary, thoughts? Uh, so I, I love that, that the voice is so integral when you hear Bill's voice. Uh, so that's why I'm cracking up. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, if I was a device, I'd listen to him too. Uh, so there is definitely <laughs> that factor. Uh, but then, yeah, the, the, the integration and the be able uh, to be able to communicate uh, using voice, I think, is is pretty significant. So, uh, yeah, uh, we we want to uh, just get out of uh, just punching. We want to talk. And and I would like a smart home Nest system, Bill, or a or a thermostat system where I could say, my friends just came over and they said that my house is too warm and I've got it set for seventy four. And I think just for the next. 20 minutes or 30 minutes, I'm not going to let them stay too long because I didn't bake and I didn't make coffee for them. Lee likes that. Could you please drop the temperature quickly to 68 so they will feel welcome and comfortable? And then as soon as they leave, I'll say, okay, and you will raise it back to 74 so I can be, I would love, Bill, is that possible? Yes, it is. Absolutely. There is the, I mean, just real quick, the, the thing about it is that um, Alexa and Google are capable of certain things, right? They, there's Alexa skills and there's, and there's other things like that. There is one uh, that I am fully aware of that can handle multiple commands and you literally could tell your Nest thermostat to drop to 64 for the next 20 minutes. 
and and walk away. You could give it multiple commands and say, at this time, drop to 64. At this time, bring it back to 72. And by the way, play this song for this many in a loop for this many this many hours and turn the TV on to this channel and then just walk away and those commands would be executed. I love it. And one day, Alexa answered me in a very low voice. And I said to her, do you whisper? And she said, ask me to go into whisper mode. So I said, whisper mode. So I then said, Alexa, what's the weather? And she said, the weather is 74 degrees. <laughs> and now we can play the whisper game. She does have a, did every, anybody on the panel know that? Alexa will go into whisper mode? Lee knew that. Bill knew that. Yes. I thought that was a riot. And I'll have to ask her to tell me a joke, the corniest jokes. And they may, and I thank her. And she says, thank you for your ongoing thanks. This AI very much appreciates your appreciation. Thank you. She says that every day because I'm a very thankful person. Gratitude in the home. There we go. Even if you're alone. <laughs> Alexa, thank you. Oh, I appreciate you. I have a conversation. Never mind. Too much information. Thank you, Bill. Mary, I'm looking at tr your prediction number one. I like this because it's so different. Off the grid. Mary says, we'll see a trend in hydroponics, home food growth. The system coming to markets are very, very sophisticated, and they can connect to your smartphone and notify you when you need water, notify you about the pump efficiency, allow you to program the pump speeds, from your phone based on the food you're trying to grow. I love this. Mary, what is this all about? Go ahead. Well, there's a couple of things that, that, that are happening here. Uh, one, because uh, everybody's going, hydroponics, what, what, what decade is she from? It's been around since the 70s. Epcot has a ride built around it, uh, but it has become more sophisticated with the adoption of things becoming smarter, including the hydroponic system. So super fun fact, hydroponics uh, uh, plant material growth uses less water than uh, putting it in the soil. So in addition to taking less uh, earth to grow things, less, less uh, acreage, because uh, you can go up, uh, it also takes less water and you can do it more efficiently now, especially as things get smarter and smarter. So we've got that component going while we have uh, inflation, and that includes things like food. Uh, so it uses less water, it's more efficient here, uh, it's gonna cost less to grow food at home than it is to go uh, to your store and purchase it. And then we also see a trend just in, in terms of what I think I think really smart, smart home owners are gonna want is that they're gonna wanna make sure that their food is clean. Uh, and if you're growing it in your home, uh, chances are you're not putting a whole bunch of pesticides on it or uh, anything like that. So you know that what you're getting is actually really fresh and clean. And so I think that this is gonna really trend uh, because we've really seen some huge evolutions in the hydroponics area. And uh, to be able to be told by your system it's time to add water, I think is a game changer because I think that's that's been a big prohibitor uh, with it for so long as uh, uh, all, all my plants die. I need something to tell me uh, it's time to add water. Uh, so I think this is gonna be a huge trend. I love it, Mary. And it reminds me, I, I had a show for many years called The Internet of Things with Game Changers for SAP. And we talked about edge computing. We talked about sensors and farmers around the world Commercial farmers, big time farmers are using sensors in their fields, on their plants. Coffee growers are using it. When do we need more water? When do we have to recalculate the amount of water or, or anything that's needed to plant the soil, the minerals in the soil? And they are using sensors to help grow better 
more efficient crops that they can sell at a reasonable price. So IoT has been doing this on a large-scale basis, and now you're saying you can do it in your home. I love, you know, I learned that if you take the seeds out of a yellow or a green pepper and put them in a little bit of soil with water, you can grow a pepper plant. You can mm-hmm. take the seeds out of tomato, little mini tomatoes and grow tomato plants. I use avocado seeds all the time. I've been growing repurposing what normally would go in the garbage to grow. I love plants. So anyway, I would love to have a system like that. This is exciting. Thank you. Any comments on hydroponics, Bill or Lee or Leonard, anybody? They're all saying, what? I think, no, I think it, I think it's absolutely awesome. I mean, my wife and I have been talking about that because she has a brown thumb. And so I know that I know that she would just love something like that. She loves to cook. So having an herb garden that is literally in the home would would be, uh, you know, and sustainable. I mean, the whole sustainable aspect of it is 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 awesome. I've seen it. um, I've seen it in the cannabis industry there for 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 quite a while. That exact thing. I'm sorry, but hey, that's big business. (laughs) Real time radio. But I mean, but tech-wise, I've seen it. I've seen it there. But to, to have it at home and to be able to grow an, an herb garden in the in the house would be uh, or more or tomatoes, beans, anything tomatoes. outside. Yeah. I love. No, I no. love. Yeah. I'm planting no planting vegetables. No pun intended. <laughs> Lee, Lee, raise your finger. Go ahead, Lee. Talk. So it's funny. Bill brings up cannabis. Um, when Stratus, before we were purchased by a publicly traded company, um, the sector of our business was grow houses. Um, controlling multiple thermostats, lighting systems, those sorts of things in these grow houses. And it was just, um, I didn't go any of the trade shows, but listening in some of the meetings I get pulled into, it was very interesting how much technology goes into that industry. It, well, a lot, I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe we all need to reconvene. I'm booking shows for February and March on smart home tech and commercial uses or smart home tech migrating into or coming from commercial uses into the home. Well, I'll talk about it. By the way, after the show, stick around. I didn't take pictures before. I want to tell you that. So let's go to Leonard. I have prediction number four. This is interesting. You say smart watches. We haven't talked about that yet. Will increasingly be one of the leading interfaces for the smart home. Does this come back to the Dick Tracy watch? Hello, hello. Is anybody there? Did the perp arrive? I don't know what Dick Tracy said. I was too young. Maybe not. Leonard, talk to me. What a smart watch is. Bell, be quiet. What are we, what are we going to do, Leonard? <laughs> I have a funny feeling Bill is going to give me a hard time about this one. Uh, well, Good, you know, that's I mean, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, let's think about it for a moment. I mean, smart watches are one of the, the leading, one of the fastest growing categories in wearables. And, uh, you know, there's this whole trend um, of the instrumented self, right? And these wearable devices being able to, uh, you know, track, measure uh, yourself and, 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 you know, basically your location and where you are. And a lot of these data points uh, could be really, um, you know, important in, in future smart home um, system designs and architectures right and and one of the the features of a smartwatch i think which is uh in you know uh continually uh improving is the natural language processing capabilities right the voice ai capabilities on a watch and if you really think about it um when you look at platforms such as uh you know the um uh, 
Google, uh, Google, what, what Google has and what Apple has uh, with HomeKit and such, like, and and such. What you, you know, a lot of these uh, platforms can operate without a smart speaker, right? I mean, all you really need is your smartphone and then a smartwatch. Watches are becoming standalone, so you can, you know, theoretically go without a smartphone and still interface with a smart home system. And so when you look at all these different choices that uh, consumers have to you know, dip their toes into uh, the smart home uh, world, um, the smart watch could be an option. And if anything, it could be an important peripheral in any, um, in any uh, smart home uh, implementation. And so, you know, I personally uh, have a smartwatch that I use quite a bit uh, as my primary interface to my home. And it's something that it's a function I discovered. I didn't realize that you can do this because I have smart speakers in my home. But the thing is, is that, you know, in order to get coverage in your home uh, for that interface, you need to have multiple smart speakers, right, that are within, you know, voice shot. Uh, now the thing about the smartwatch is it's on you all the time, right? And some people even sleep with it. Yep. And so you have, you know, constant, you're always in constant, um, you know, proximity to the interface. And, um, there, and if you decide to deploy, let's say beacons and stuff in your house to track your exact location, which rooms you're in, then you can, you know, you can also imagine there, that will be some very, um, personalized and fine, you know, location-based um, capabilities that can be introduced into uh, smart home solutions. So uh, th that's that's Thank where I'm you. coming from with that. We need to get Bill's response to this. Yeah. Because Leonard summoned you when he started. <laughs> Bill, yes or no, good or bad or anything in between. Go ahead. Uh, so, okay. So I agree that it can be an interface. And and true enough, um, there's there's a a decoupling that happens, right? You you can wear you can leave your phone, you can wear the watch, but at some point you got to charge that thing, and it's going to take time, so you no longer have access to that interface. Um, I I think that it'll be absolutely supplanted by voice, one hundred percent, because that's an again your voice is that that natural language processing is the same thing, and that that will be your interface there um and you don't wherever you go it's with you um so i i think that not everyone is going to be in a position to actually support uh the the smart watches again even the software on them is somewhat proprietary depending on which one you get um but i do believe that it's an incremental step that some will use as an entree into controlling their smart home but think about how much fun leonard's gonna have doing that right? <laughs> think about it you know yeah, wherever you are wherever experience. you go yeah. that's where you are right <laughs> true <laughs> je, je pense Je, je parle à ma smartwatch. Je suis. There you go. I want to move on. Thank you very much, Leonard. Very, I, we like controversy. Lee, I'm looking at prediction number four. This is interesting. You say more consumers will want the new generation of smart video doorbells. Here's the, the kicker here. Now available with advanced analytics as well as package tracking. Some systems even support two cameras. Lee, tell us about this, please. Yeah, um, really coming from that that commercial world. 
uh, right? You know, having multiple cameras on the front door of a commercial building or, you know, a multifamily building. Um, now, all of a sudden, you know, companies like Ring are packing it into, uh, you know, a little four-inch device on your, on your front door. Um, and really, the analytics is just amazing where it's come from. So, you know, early on, you'd have a Ring doorbell, and every time your, your neighbor left in their car, all of a sudden, you get a notification. Now you can go in and, and kind of put a wall up between you and your neighbors. So you only see when your neighbors, you know, enter your property. Um, I was even looking at something the other day that picks up the, you know, the person walking up to the door. So you can see if the UPS driver parked on your, your grass and those sorts of things. Um, and then the big one most recently is the, the two, two cameras. So you actually get a view of the person walking up, but then there's a camera that tracks the packages. So if somebody picks them up and, and walks away with them, it also gives you that footage. So just really taking it from that commercial world and bring it into residential. And the, the part that continues to blow my mind of coming from that commercial world is how cheap these devices are. Um, you know, I'm not sure what Bill's putting in his home, but I put in uh, large control systems in the past where, hey, somebody's investing $100,000 to control their house. Um, they wanted that control system to kind of self-evolve and, and, and evolve with technology, which it didn't. Now, all of a sudden, it's come to a point where, hey, I've had this, this doorbell for three years. There's something newer and flashier out with more you know, analytics, those sorts of things. For 200 bucks, I can replace that doorbell. So it's become, you know, rather than having to you know, kind of future-proof yourself, you're like, all right, well, it's cheap enough that if I get three years of use out of it, I can, I can replace it. Very well put. And I'm I'm intrigued with the idea of package tracking because, you know, we rely on whoever drops off and they're no longer in the car with the brand on it. You don't know it's a station wagon. It's a rental. You don't know who's coming to your front door and leaving a package and you're relying on them to use their smartphone to register that your package was delivered and then going through their app at their commercial entity and then you're going to get a notification by text or by that the package was delivered and then Alexa's is going to tell you it was delivered maybe an hour or two later or maybe not when you say where's my stuff so there's a whole chain of notification but if you could get package tracking lee right on your doorbell that would tell you what and then there are people who say did anybody get my package that was this big and that wide and came from amazon or someone because it didn't get here and then all your neighbors could look at their package track. oh my god i got lee miller's package i have to call him and tell him his address was 201 and minus 209 the person must have read it wrong we all we've uh, and then the porch divers right who come and yes i know very very yes we know very very interesting i like that one thank you we have seven minutes left and I want to see if I can squeeze in one more that I think you will all enjoy especially Mary this is from a uh, bill and it's prediction number three I'm just going to read a little bit and this will resonate with all of you we're just going to do a real quick dive into this and we have to close Bill says, energy efficiency is likewise an important aspect I believe will drive smart home purchases. Consumers will make these purchases ahead of others because of the sustainable benefits Mary, talking to you, as well as the benefits from their local utility, those making smart type of purchase will also be the EV owners. It'll direct tie into the number of devices, smart inverters for solar, smart plugs and appliances for energy conservation, smart lights. Bill, I give you two minutes and then we'll take quick comments from everybody. Go ahead, Bill. 
Awesome. So one belief that I've had is you can't have anything smart unless you know, you, I don't care whether it's a smart grid. I mean, a smart, smart city, smart home or anything. You can't have any of that unless you have a smart grid um, with the number of distributed energy resources that are sitting not only in the commercial space, but in the residential space as well. It's going to become a big deal. A smart home, uh, you know, anything that, that a smart home owner or a homeowner is trying to do to make their home smart is going to be driven around those elements. Millennials want to reduce their carbon footprint. Uh, older folks want to make sure that things are easy to deal with. Uh, I, I own an EV. I didn't want four miles an hour trickling into my car. So I got a, I got a bi-directional charger with solar that then I, I live in, in, in uh, Austin as well. We had Snowvid not too long ago, and I could have been off-grid when all of that happened. I think the sustainable measures, energy consumption, behavior modification, and all of these things around reducing your carbon footprint and greenhouse gas emissions is going to be a huge driver for smart home uh, solutions. Thank you. And that wasn't in some of the research I found. Mary, I'll get to a second. They talked about security. With the well efficiency, security was right up there at the top. Mary, you're our sustainability expert. Go ahead. Talk to Bill. I feel like Bill listened to our last uh, uh webcast because we actually touched on this uh, and it, it, it is true. Uh, so consumers more and more are looking at the efficiencies uh, and uh, and I believe that that we are going to be using these devices to look at our cons- consumption and our consumption patterns to do better. Uh, and by better, we're going to save more money by being using less of the commodities. So I am uh, fully on board uh, with, with what your prediction is. Uh, I feel like we were right there uh, previously. And in talking about uh, carbon, I think that's sort of a new topic for people to be talking about in smart home. Uh, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, and, and also just sort of as, as we're going down this path, I also make the recommendation as we're going down the path and we're talking about carbon and we're talking about efficiency and we're replacing things uh Think about, and I encourage because uh, Lee has been uh, slinging my dumpster cameras, uh, think about what we're doing with what we're replacing. So that's always a big part of it, especially as we're coming into the holidays. Look at uh, what the opportunities, if you're you're replacing stuff, if you're adding new, what are you doing with the old? Don't just put it in the container. Don't just send it out to the curb. Uh, Can it be donated? Can you use like a give back box, which is a free box you can put stuff in and then they find places for it. Um, people who need it. So, so consider when we're when we're when we're looking at this technology, uh, how we can upcycle. That's not a bad word. It's a good word. It's a good word. And where I'm living here in Tennessee, Mary, next door, with our zip code on it, the local next door is a great place for recycling. And I had over a hundred boxes, moving boxes. I paid a fortune for my move. Oh. And paper, the most wonderful. My movers must have used 20,000 sheets of paper. There was not one thing broken. When I moved from New York to Durham, the tally of things they broke, including a 55-inch TV and an expensive coffee table, no matter what, they they just broke everything. Boxes and boxes, thousands of dollars of claims. They didn't pay anything, of course. But anyway, these guys were so, but they used unbelievable amounts of paper. So we put it on next door and people just lined up to come and take the box. One guy came five times. I gave away bookcases. I gave away, you name it. It was free to somebody in the neighborhood who wants it. And people respond. I just just sold my old stove. Somebody just took it, came in with a truck because the new one was installed. A stove, it's about 15 years old from the previous one. It works 
fabulously. It just didn't match the color, and I felt like treating myself to a new stove. It was just taken away 10 minutes ago while we were on the air, and somebody's buying the old refrigerators. 25 years old. It still works. Somebody paid me 100 bucks for it, and he's taking it away. And a dishwasher that doesn't work, and a microwave that's beautiful. So anyway, that's another way of... of giving giving out giving up giving back i want to thank all of you we're almost out of time bill pew you're a treasure thank you so much 5500 square feet why did you stop there why not 10,000 why not make your own <laughs> wonderland and charge admission my goodness i'm going to dollywood in a couple of weeks to see some shows i'm sure that 10 million acres will get you in there somewhere it'll be the bill pew wood there we go leonard lee thank you for bringing bringing bill and thank you very don't go away we've got to take pictures mary a delight a treasure i love this sustainability angle. Lee, so much great stuff from you. A shout out again to Eric Simone for introducing me to Leo, introducing me to Bill, and to Ashley Carter, who is here. Ashley, I hope you feel better, and happy holidays to everybody. And here we go. I have a quick homework assignment for my guests. Thank you for tuning in to Technology Revolution. Thank you to Andrew, our engineer at Voice America. Bye-bye to LinkedIn. Bye-bye to Facebook. But here we go. People say the future is already here. Now, I want all three, all four of you on the count of three to join me in saying no, no, no. you got to put your finger up, the right finger. One, two, three. No, 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 no. Why? Because that was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And we're all going to make it a better. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.